You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek Podcast. This episode presented by Associate Minister Julie Blinko. Today's reading is from John chapter 16, verses 12 to 15. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me, because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine, and that is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So during these past six months in isolation, my family decided to join up to Netflix. As we were watching one of the shows, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, I thought, gee, there are a lot of parallels in this movie to Christian life. And I thought perhaps if we just draw out a couple of those parallels, it might be helpful before we dig deeper into the role of the Holy Spirit. We're up to part four in a four-part series on the spirit of truth. So Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. The plot is there's four teenagers. They're playing video games, well, at least my paraphrase of the plot. They're playing video games and they get sucked into the video game. They end up in the jungle. The whole mission, they have to complete that mission so they can get back to their own world. The four of them take, I'd say, the first 30 minutes of the movie trying to work out what's happened. What? We're so confused. How come we're in a video game? How do we get out of it? And they need to work as a team and work out what sort of special powers they have to work as a team to meet the mission to get back to their homes. So some of them have like a power of running incredibly quickly. That's a really useful power when people are chasing them. Another one had a a power of being fearless. Another really helpful power when they were in the face of danger. Basically, they're clumsily working out who are they in this cartoon, this sort of video game, and how do they complete the mission? How do they get back home? The thing is, when we first become a follower of Jesus, it can feel a little bit like this at times. We enter into this new world. We call it the kingdom of God, where the rule and the reign of Jesus comes first. I don't know about you, but for me, it felt clumsy at times. What's the purpose of all of this? What new world have I entered into? What's church and church's people got to do with it? What's my mission in life right now? And how does it affect and change things with finances, with dating, with traveling, with my worldview and how I interact with others, with relationships? It was a whole new world, but we're not left alone to figure it out. As Tim looked last week, Jesus made sure that every person would have the personal assistance of the Holy Spirit as they need, the Holy Spirit there to empower and strengthen us and help us for the task at hand. 
So we too might be a bit clumsy in working it all out as we work out what it means to follow Jesus. But with the empowering of the Holy Spirit, we have all we need. We're going to take a little bit of a deeper look today on what it means in the Gospel of John, chapter 16, and as you heard in the reading, verses 12 to 15. If you have the Bible in front of you, please do be following it along and even writing notes on it, things that really stand out to you. So when you think of the spirit of truth, what do you think of? Sometimes I find it helpful to think of what he's not. He's not a crystal ball device, a device owned by only a few people and you go to those few people to find out your future secrets. The Holy Spirit is not swayed by popular opinion. Oh, he's a bearer of this truth today because it's most popular with the majority. But tomorrow, as their opinion changes, his will as well. No, he's not dependent on people's opinions or agreement with the truth. The Holy Spirit is not changing with time. We are seeing in the news lately so many lessons learnt about quarantine, about hygiene, about hotel managements. And with those lessons learnt, we'll apply those truths to, to future applications. But the Holy Spirit's not like that. There is a fullness of truth right from the beginning. The Holy Spirit is not a personal truth. That's, that means it's not the Holy Spirit gone rogue. Well, I think this, but you think that. Eh, let's just say we're both right. Or the Heavenly Father thinks this and Jesus thinks that. Well, let's just say we're all right. Well, in that case, if, if it were different opinions, let's just say we're all right. In actual fact, they work together and always agree with each other. We'll come to that shortly. The Holy Spirit is not our personal conscience. That is, he's not a moral compass inside of us from birth, influenced by our nature and our nurture to form a socially acceptable worldview. No, the Holy Spirit is a unique person in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we can have a personal relationship with him in the same way we would with Jesus and with our Heavenly Father, all three being one God. In this passage, Jesus is teaching us more about the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Spirit, and telling us what he is like. Let's take a look. Verse 12. Jesus says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. More than we can now bear? Does this mean you can't handle the truth? Well, actually, we can, and he wants us to be transformed by it. But Jesus recognises that truth comes in bite sizes, and he wants to let each piece digest well and bring the desired effect before the next piece of truth, the truth bomb explodes, so to speak, or we eat it and we take it and I digest it. You can trust Jesus that he will only show you and ask of you what you can bear. He cares for us in this. Verse 13, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, he will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. As I mentioned earlier, this isn't the Holy Spirit gone rogue and operating like a separate entity. No, he only says what he hears from Jesus. And we read in other places, Jesus only does what he sees his father doing. 
Jesus, the Holy Spirit and our Heavenly Father all operating as one. It's limitless. The Holy Spirit wants to share truth with you. It's like a friendship. When you're close with someone, you want to share with them. You want to hear about their day. You want to tell them about yours. You want to share with them the things that are on your mind. That's how the Holy Spirit feels about you. He wants to share truth with you. All truth, even future truths. This doesn't mean just religious truths or Bible-based things, but anything we seek God on. I once heard the story of a man who was concerned about the safety of the archery equipment that his children was, use, was using. He looked around for online sellers and all of the ones he found posed a risk. He started praying and asking God for some ideas. God gave him a dream, which became the template for a different form of bow and arrow, which was safer for kids. He created it and now he sells it. The Holy Spirit guided this man into truth about a safer form of archery equipment, something which was also the beginning of a successful business idea. So here's a thought. The challenge you're facing right now, the Holy Spirit desires to share truth with you that will help you through it. Insight on your child and how to get him or her to sleep. Insight on planning for retirement choices or truth on the decisions that you're making where you can't tell what all the circumstances are. He wants to guide you into all truth. Verse 14, he will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. Now in the Jumanji story that I mentioned earlier, the heroes at the end were the teenagers. Hey, we worked it out. Oh, there was such courage in the face of danger. They all lived happily ever after and everyone was thinking, yeah, good work, kids. You faced um, danger, you had courage and you got back home. You could say the glory and the fame and the attention went to them. In verse 14, Jesus is saying, he will bring glory to me. He will bring fame and attention to me. Is that because Jesus is an egomaniac, you might ask? No, it's because when he gets the fame and the attention, others get to know what he is like. Let's face it, when you hear stories about Jesus, even the story perhaps of the archery I just shared, it's enticing, it's personal. We want to know more about what he's like and if he might do the same for us. So when the glory goes to Jesus, people get to know him more and experience his goodness. It's like a beautiful cycle of grace on repeat. Verse 15. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will take from me what is mine and make it known to you. So Jesus is taking all from the Father and from Jesus making it known to you through the Holy Spirit. All that belongs to the Father. Now I've noticed that kids get really excited at present time. Let's face it, we all do, but they tend to no, have no filter when they're sharing their thoughts. So you might have given them so many presents, but then the response is, is there any more? Uh, is that all? And sometimes parents feel a little bit awkward at these comments. Uh, yep, that's all. But we should learn from these kids when it comes to God. 
Uh, is there any more God? Yes, always. Uh, is, is that all God? No, never. If God is ready to give us more, it helps us to know what he has on offer that we can so easily ask for. Because we don't want to miss out, right? What do you imagine is in the treasure chest, on offer and ready for the asking? Eternal life, authority over death and sickness, forgiveness of sins, peace in a storm, miraculous powers, contentment in circumstances that are challenging, maybe a path through a really complex season, maybe experiencing love, real, genuine, unchangeable love. All that and more is ready to be made known to you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's have a think about how this relates to you now. What do you need most from God right now? Do you need peace in a circumstance you're facing? Do you need endurance in a challenge which is out of your control? Do you need wisdom with a difficult situation? Do you need understanding about a particular vaccine you might be working on that could in influence the whole globe? In verse 14 to 15, there's a promise for you. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. To put it in another way, when you think of the life of Jesus, whatever you see or admire or want from his life, he has a way to make it known to you, for you to live that out. And by doing so, others will know what Jesus is like. That's the role of the Holy Spirit. But how do we access that? I wanna share two stories about receiving something from God through the power of the Holy Spirit. One is on healing, one is on reconciliation. So recently, Andrew and I attended a conference put on by someone in the USA. At the end of the online conference, we broke into little groups to be prayed for. The leader had been given a word of knowledge that God wanted to heal someone with a liver condition. There was a man named Alberto who was from Costa Rica and he was praying for our group. So Andrew said, well, yeah, actually, I've had some challenges with my liver. And Alberto prayed for him and Andrew felt fire where his liver was and was healed. We were so grateful to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit knew the truth about Andrew's liver condition and had shared some of that truth with someone all the way over in Costa Rica who prayed for him and he was healed. Alberto then asked me, is there anything I can pray for you about? And I described, actually, I've had a sore, sore hip for a couple of months. All these months living in our homes in, in social isolation uh, and working from home has meant that I've had it really sore, you know, really sore back and I've been to the physio a number of times and there's not yet relief for the pain. So I put my hands on my hips and he prayed from Costa Rica for spinal health. And I too was healed right then and there. And I've had no issues since. Glory to God. This is his power at work. This is the Holy Spirit at work giving all knowledge, all power to heal, all authority over sickness to his people so they can go out and do similar works as Jesus did in his power. 
taking what is Christ and making it accessible to us through him. Now, I acknowledge we've probably experienced prayers that haven't been answered in such a way. I know I have. But it's good to hear the stories when they are, isn't it? Another story, also including Andrew, we noticed things that felt jarring and not quite right and decided to pray together into that topic. In praying, we sought our own hearts for areas we needed to ask God's forgiveness for or to turn to live more like Jesus in that space where we could. We also prayed as God led us into topics of concern, including praying against the power of the enemy at work. Now, within minutes of finishing praying together, someone had been, who had been estranged from us for years suddenly made contact. Now, this sounds a little vague, and I don't want to go into any more detail because it's a bit personal, but it was highly significant that they had reached out to us um, right at that time. And it was also linked quite directly with how God was leading us in prayer in the minutes prior. Verse 13 says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. In our case, that was the healing of Andrew's liver and my hip. In our case, it was guiding us in how to pray with the power of God and see relationships beginning to get restored. Verse 14, God makes, God works are being made known through the power of the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing, as we share these stories with each other of what the Holy Spirit is like and what he's done, it allows us to know God more. It helps our faith to hear and believe what he is like. And it spurs us on to ask and believe for more. So don't be shy, do tell other people, the stories you have of the Holy Spirit. We need to hear more about the work of God amongst us. You know, speaking of stories, wasn't going to share this one, but I think we have time for one more story about the work of the Holy Spirit in recent weeks in my own life to give an example of just how present and real he is there for all of us. As most of you know, I was married um, recently, and as part of that, I've also become a stepmom. And so I'm learning heaps of things that I never thought I'd learn. I can name at least five dinosaurs, never could do that before. I'm learning heaps about fossils in prehistoric eras that I didn't even think about before. I didn't even know Fortnite was a thing apart from a way to measure weeks, and all of a sudden I know heaps more about Fortnite. Who would have guessed? This is like life in a very rich way at the moment. And there's one particular area with family life that I've been asking God about, going, God, what's your wisdom? What's your truth? What am I missing? How do I help? What do I do? There's a topic there. And as I was, you know, in that period of waiting and asking, I came across the Old Testament story of Elisha, the prophet. Now, a little bit of context. Elisha had just fought Jezebel and was totally exhausted, ran a long way to a cave, really fearful. I wasn't feeling fearful or exhausted, but the words of an angel spoke to Elisha. And the angel said, basically, have a good meal, have a good sleep. Now, sometimes you read over the Bible and it's like, oh, that's a nice story. And you put it down, but have a good meal, have a sleep, seemed to be the words that kept jumping off the page at me. I began to wonder, Holy Spirit, are you trying to say something to me? 
and, you know, went out on a whim and made a good meal that night and got to bed early and had a good sleep and woke up feeling amazing. Oh, glory to God, aren't you smart? However, those, those words kept ringing in my head, have a good meal, have a good sleep. And I realized God wasn't just showing me for my own sake, he was showing me for my whole family. So that week, I defied all instincts, I had no salads, and instead I bought a whole lot of cheese, a whole lot of pasta, a whole lot of meat, and made some really big meals. Well, we, we all share cooking in our home, but this was my week, so I made a lot of whole-hearted big meals, enough for seconds and thirds. Oh my gosh, so happy in my household that week. Now, some of you might be laughing, or laughing with me, I hope, and thinking, well, Julie, did you not know that food is the way to a person's heart? Did you not know that a teenage child needs more food than usual to eat? And uh, I humbly admit, no, I didn't. Or maybe I heard it, but I didn't apply it. I needed the Holy Spirit. I needed God to tell me this common sense that uh, had slipped my mind at the time. So I share that because it's a little bit embarrassing, but I also share that because it's a really basic thing well, it's a basic thing to live out and it's a practical wisdom for a family. And it made a bit of difference in some of the things, well, it made a lot of difference in some of the areas I've been praying about. But I share it too because it's an example. Here are three stories. One about physical healing. One about reconciliation with, with friends, with people around us. One about good family life and eating well and sleeping well. And the Holy Spirit is interested in all of them, from the supernatural to the, the normal natural. It's all supernatural for him because he cares about the small and the big bits of our life. And he wants to be involved in yours in the same way. So in conclusion, what are the next steps here? I want to ask you and leave it with you, what do you need most from God right now? Let me tell you, friends, a relationship with Jesus gives you a direct access to our Heavenly Father. He's made a way for that. So we can come boldly into his presence and ask for what he, we need. He cares for us. Pray, ask for what you need and trust him that he's heard and wait for him. Now, as you're waiting, it's not kind of waiting for a clock to tick over. It's waiting actively, anticipating that he'll speak to you. Part of that might be reading the Bible. In fact, not might be, read the Bible. Read it in a way that's not intellectual. Some people might spend their whole life reading this eight hours a day, writing PhDs on it, and yet it never transforms them. One word, one sentence of this book, it's alive and living and it can transform you. So read it in a way that you're expecting to hear from God in your heart, in your spirit. Another thing you might do with this book is look up the topics that are of most interest to you. If you're praying about a friendship, look up what he says about friends. The book of Proverbs is great for that. There's heaps of Old Testament and New Testament examples. And you'll notice that quite often there's practical wisdom given around these topics. And sometimes it's conditional. If you do this, then you'll have this. If you live this way, then you'll have this. If you trust God in this, he'll look after this. Look at what the promises of God are attached to that and have faith to live them out. Put them into action and see what he does. Keep asking and waiting. And when you see it, do it and give glory to God for it.
Get on it, church. See you soon. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek. 